You drink coffee from a coffee cup and tea from a teacup. What do you drink from a mustache cup? Mustaches? Ooh. Welcome to Around the World and Beyond. I'm Jack Hart. The human male has, throughout the history of humanity and in most cultures, started sprouting facial hair in early teen years, although a few kids with whom I went to grammar school may have been born with facial hair. Throughout history, styles of facial hair have changed. Popularity has waxed and waned. Facial hair has held different meanings in different places and times. The popularity of the mustache has had quite a ride. Guess you could call that the mustache ride. Celts of the Iron Age are thought to be the earliest embracers of the cookie duster. During the Victorian era, the late 1800s, mustaches became very popular. They were everywhere, mostly on faces. Pogonotrophy, the art of sculpting facial hair, was wildly popular. Mutton chops, sideburns, half-beards, sculpted beards, and people wanted elaborate lip foliage. The mustache is manly and a decorative accessory for the face. In Victorian England, mustaches were required for members of the military. Most members of the British military in those days were males. Big fancy handlebar mustaches were all the rage, and to manage them, a whole slew of tools was developed for the care of the mustache. Combs, brushes, scissors, even little nets, pomades and waxes helped to keep every hair in place. So that's where the problem arises. People were crazy about their mustaches. They were also crazy about hot coffee, hot tea, and hot soup. Hot or cold, any big overgrown mustache is going to get wet and sloppy in a cup of coffee. And a cup of cream of broccoli soup, ooh, yucca, a mustachioed man looks like he has rabies or something. And when you wax the stash, even worse, what happens when you combine wax and heat? That's right, wax melts, waxed mustaches droop. Now you have a waxy, soggy muzzle muff. Not very becoming for a member of the British military. Harvey Adams was a potter in the mid to late 1800s. He lived in England. He knew it would be ghastly if members of the military were not able to maintain their mustaches. Adams had an idea, a mustache cup. Harvey added a small ledge to the inside of the cup. The butterfly-shaped item was placed in such a way that the waxed mouth brow was protected from heat while you drank hot liquids from that cup, preventing the wax from melting and providing a scaffolding to hold the hairy piehole awning away from the liquid. An opening near the rim was just big enough to allow the beverage through. Viola, the mustache cup, was born. It became all the rage. This was the Victorian era. Among the characteristics of the times is aestheticism, kind of sort of form over function. Lovely appearance, propriety, knickknacks were big in those days. The mustache cup was the perfect accessory for the times. It allowed for a neat appearance to be maintained, and the cup itself could be an ornate and elaborate tchotchke. Mustache cups took on every shape and size, from delicate six-ounce tea and coffee cups with saucers and mustache ledges to big, heavy, pint-sized mugs, porcelain, stoneware, china, silver, ornately painted, there were his and hers mustache cups for couples, in which the wife might have a soup strainer of her own. Truth in life, the wife's cup would not have the mustache guard ledge. 
Before long, the mustache cup made its way across the pond to the Americas. It became a very popular item here. People were crazy about Victorianistic things, houses, clothing, design. Companies in America that made mustache cups gave themselves British-sounding names, Sheffley and Crustingshire and so forth. By the late 1920s and 1930s, the big, elaborate hirsute appendage of the upper lip was becoming less popular. The thin, wispy, anemic, pencil-thin mustache was taking over, or other simpler styles prevailed. The big mustache reminded people of warriors and despots. The days of the mustache cup were coming to a close. Most people today would find a mug with a ledge inside to be an oddity. Truth in life, this reporter first heard about mustache cups from the Andy Griffith television show when Butter and Eggman, Mr. Frisbee, played by Charles Lane, a moonshiner on the side, gave a mustache cup to Aunt B as a sort of a bribe towards Andy. No one knew what that mustache cup was or what it did. Mustache cups have become curiosity pieces, have been since the 1930s or so. There seems to be a resurgence in displays of facial hair in recent times. Mustache accessories, grooming kits, special shampoos and conditioners for mustaches are in every shaving section of every health and beauty retailer. Young people of today unite. Bring back the mustache cup. Keep your crumb collector clean around the world and beyond. I'm Jack Hart, brought to you by jackhartvoiceover.com on the Valiant News Network. <laughs>